The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. I hope you had a nice weekend. I hope you got to relax a little bit or catch up on some errands or spend some time with family and friends. Unfortunately, a very scary situation in the Bronx, and it was all too predictable. Another day and another massive fire sparked by an e-bike. An e-bike, by now a lot of you have probably heard this. I think Alex mentioned this at the top of the hour. An e-bike sparked a massive hours-long blaze that gutted a Bronx grocery store and injured seven people, two of them very seriously yesterday. An EMS worker and a civilian were seriously hurt when flames broke out at the Concourse Food Plaza at uh, Grand Concourse in the West Bronx section. Five firefighters also suffered minor injuries. The mayor, to his credit, did go to the scene and use the incident to call attention to the batteries on these e-bikes, these lithium batteries, which have sparked a slew of recent fires, including some of which that have been fatal. I have to say, how many more of these fires need to take place before we simply ban these e-bikes with these lithium batteries in New York City? I'm not a big advocate of banning things unless they're going to hurt innocent bystanders. And I think these lithium batteries in these e-bikes absolutely falls into that category. This was a five-alarm fire. This is crazy. This keeps happening. What value are these e-bikes serving? Are they so essential that we need to risk fires and injuries and deaths? I don't think so. They look like a lot of fun. I'd certainly love to ride one. But these lithium batteries are posing too much of a danger. I think until something can be done to make the battery technology in these e-bikes safer, they need to go. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. By now, many of you have probably heard about Governor Kathy Hochul's very controversial housing plan, which would affect parts of the suburbs. Howard Husick, who's a senior fellow in domestic policy studies at the American Enterprise Institute, his column in the New York Daily News on Sunday was so refreshing because he gets into an objective analysis of what's good about this plan and what's bad about this plan. If you're not up on this, Governor Hochul is getting a surprising amount right in the proposal that she is calling the New York Housing Compact, which calls for an ambitious 800,000 new homes over 10 years. She's right on a central point. New York has high housing costs because we build far less than even New Jersey, let alone Texas. And she acknowledges that New York is already far more subsidized, rent regulated, and has more public housing than any other state. More of those is not the answer to high costs.
costs. You know, my wife and I were visiting some friends of ours yesterday, and they're looking at moving out of the state because they can't afford to buy a house here. And I can't tell you how often I hear that. Almost everyone that I grew up with moved elsewhere because they can't afford to buy a house in New York. But here's the rub. In calling for localities, especially on Long Island, to relax single-family zoning to permit more home building, she makes what Husick calls an unforced error that threatens to sink the whole plan. In calling for a 3% increase in new homes for almost all towns and villages, she adds a big stick, a new state super zoning board that can overrule communities which deny permits to projects which include affordability, meaning income restricted. This is a tremendous recipe for backlash. Husick suggests Find a way to persuade local communities that it's in their best interest to allow some new housing and new types of housing to be built. The key phrase should not be affordable housing, but rather what's being called in many parts of the country, missing middle housing. The governor ought to use a few less sticks and a few more carrots on this one. The column is worth reading. I'm going to link to it on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Moranofan. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. We've been talking a little bit about the race for the next chairman of the state Republican Party. I mentioned on Friday that it has been reported that Ed Cox is thinking about coming back. Ed Cox, of course, is a regular panelist on the Katz and Cosby show, and I think he'd certainly do a good job. Well, the New York Times reported something on Saturday that uh, I had learned recently but was reluctant to say that one of the other people that they've been courting for this job is my newest colleague here at WABC, Andrew Giuliani. And while I think Andrew would do a terrific job in this role, my advice to him privately is the same thing I'm about to tell you publicly. I think his talents are wasted there. I think Andrew Giuliani is a born leader, but part of the reason he's so great is his understanding of public policy issues and his ability to be an articulate advocate for the causes that he believes in. That's why I think he should seriously look at, and I've said this before, rather than being state chairman of the political party, which, let's be honest, I don't think whomever the state chairman is has any impact whatsoever in who actually gets elected to various offices in this state. Instead, I wish Andrew would look at running for U.S. Senate against Kirsten Gillibrand next year. I know it's a Herculean task and it's made a little bit more difficult in a presidential election year, but I think, if anything, we saw the numbers in the gubernatorial election year demonstrate that this state is much more competitive and much more purple than many in the press would have you believe. So while I'm a big fan of Andrew Giuliani and I think he is a natural born leader, this is a job that if I were him, I wouldn't pursue. Now his quote to the New York Times was something along the lines of, it's only something that he would consider if the party leaders came to him and asked. Well, it does look like there is at least some section of the party, some faction of the party that would like him to run. I still don't think it's a good idea. Beam me up. To be continued the other side of midnight local spotlight attention 
Bronxites. The deadline to apply for your neighborhood's community board has been extended to March 15th. The borough has struggled to retain board members and they are looking for applicants. If you care about your community, I think this is a tremendous opportunity. I have been on the community board for years. I resigned when I went to work for Councilman Joe Borelli, but I'm thinking of applying again and I'm hoping my borough president and or my council member will consider appointing me. But right now, they're accepting applications in every borough except Brooklyn. The deadline in Brooklyn was February 23rd. Oh, actually, Queens, the deadline passed there as well. But in Manhattan, the deadline is March 17th. In the Bronx, it's been extended. And in Staten Island, they accept applications all year round. I think even though the community boards don't have a lot of power, it really is a great way to connect with other members of the community. I'm not just talking about other members of the community board, but the local precinct councils, the police representatives to the community, different developers, different business owners that come before the community board to testify in favor of projects. I learned a lot in my years on the community board, and I'm eager to get back on. Well, I don't necessarily have a surplus of time. This is something that I think is meaningful enough to devote an hour or two a month to. So I'm going to look at applying myself, and I hope you do too. If you're a New York City resident, this is a great way to get involved and make a statement about the future of your community. Consider applying to your community board. There are 59 community boards in New York City, each corresponding with a community district. It's about 250,000 people in each community district. Each board has up to 50 members, all volunteers. There's no minimum number of members, and people serve a two-year term, which means half of them must be reappointed or replaced every year. All those people are appointed by the borough president. The city council gets to recommend half of the appointees. So consider applying. If you want an application, just go to the borough president's website or you can email me. I'll tell you where to go. My email is frank.morano at wabcradio.com. Maybe I'll see you at a community board meeting. Beam me up. To be continued.